Nothing is better than relaxing with that perfect glass of wine. When you're like me, though, and stuck in quarantine, you can't exactly go to the store. Introducing Wine.com, which features wines from a variety of regions with different tastes and price points to suit everyone. Follow the link in the show notes to see some premier selections under $20 and learn how you can become a member and receive free shipping for the year. Welcome back to our seventh episode of Yes, That Actually Happened. We are, of course, Erin and Jay. Hi. And we are excited to bring you more weird but true history. If you enjoy this episode, stay tuned for the end of the episode to find out how you can support the show. Also, don't forget to listen to Jay's other podcasts, High School Author Wannabe, where they read individual chapters from books they wrote. Did you yes. want to go into that at all? Um, well, right now we are... Uh, chapter nine goes up today, and um, I don't know what else to say. It's really good, I guess. It's very, very entertaining. How many chapters need. are in there? Twenty-seven, I think. Still, ways it's a to lot go of then. a lot of content we got to get through, and I don't even know what happens in the middle because we're yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. I promise you that we're gonna dive into Roman battle. So mm-hmm. obviously, the Romans have a military history that's very rich. Uh, we'll not be able to cover the entirety of it. We're just gonna cover two main battles. What you're uh, not gonna give me everything that's ever happened? I know. Did you want to stay here till next week? We could. I did actually. Continuously till next week. <laughs> How much do you even know about ancient Rome or military warfare? Not much. I know a a tiny, tiny amount from like history class, but we didn't go very in depth and I don't really remember it. That's impressive. That's more than I got with my high school history class. Yeah. The first war I'm going to talk about was the Second Punic War, which took place in 217 BC. It was between the Romans and the Carthaginians. Mm-hmm. This battle was called the Battle of Lake Trasimene, and the Romans were led by a general named Flaminus, while the Carthaginians were led by Hannibal, not to be confused with pop culture's Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> they were led by Hannibal the Cannibal. Yeah, not led by a cannibal. That would make it way more interesting. I know. It's still a pretty interesting battle, though. So he was a pretty good military commander, and he, at the time of this particular battle, had already defeated the Romans several times, Mm -hmm. which is impressive because obviously they're pretty well-known, pretty well-trained. So for background, the First Punic War took place mainly over the island of Sicily for control over it, which left the Carthaginians defeated and leaving them to pay a heavy tax burden called an indemnity, which, of course, after a while, they decided they didn't want to do. So they started. I mean, I barely even want to pay taxes now. Yeah. And these are like heavy war. You're terrible. Taxes, and I'm sure they are not fair in the least. (laughs) Now, to set the scene, so imagine this lake with hills around it. And although there's some debate on whether or not the area is environmentally the same today as it was back then, which makes it hard to deeply analyze it, basically a lake, lots of hills. So the Carthaginians camped on the hills where the Romans could see them. They were very, very clear to make sure the Romans could see where they were. Then the darkness fell, and they went into areas in the woods where they could ambush the Romans the next day. Okay. When they marched on the road. So, so wait, so they were seen the whole, so they knew they were there? Yeah. Battles back then tended to be more, cl- obviously they were close up because they don't have guns and like airplanes and stuff. So, you know, you can sometimes see where the others are camped out before you actually engage with battle on them. They were up here and the Romans knew that, but then once darkness fell, they couldn't see them. They scurried into the trees. 
but why would you not see them and be like, that's our enemy. We should go get them now. They just weren't prepared for that yet. They were still quite a ways away. Like I said, they could see them from far away, but they just weren't there yet. This was incredibly risky to move around in the dark. I'm going to pull out a source from my military war class, Art of War by Sun Tzu, which has some really good strategies. And one quote is, let your plans be dark and impenetrable as night. And when you move, fall like a thunderbolt. Taking the advice by sneaking up on the Roman army. It's morning and the Roman army is marching two by two by two. Not really. (laughs) <laughs> they're marching in threes because that's more of how their formation was. Yeah. So it's morning, June 21st, and allegedly very misty so that they couldn't see well. I say allegedly because you know how records can be. This is a pretty bad loss. I'm yeah. sure it was spun as, oh, we were taken by surprise. Oh, it's- man, that, all that all that fog is why is the whole reason that we lost. So Yeah. Blame Mother wasn't Nature. wasn't because we were unprepared. wasn't because no. we weren't. No. It was because That's of the fog, silly. darn it. Flanius made the mistake of not sending scouts to keep an eye on the head of the line. As they're marching on this little road by the mm-hmm. lake, once they were all out, they were ambushed. Taken by surprise, immediately cut off, and, you know. They were taken by su- Wait, they were taken by surprise even though they were going for the sneak attack? No, uh, the Romans were the ones who got taken by surprise by the Carthaginians who were hiding. Romans get through the mountain pass and are all by this lake. And all of a sudden on the other side in the trees, these Carthaginians come out, start attacking them Mm -hmm. and basically push this entire army, not essentially push them, but like a lot of them end up in the lake. They're heavy armor. A lot of them drowned. The others get stuck in the mud. They get cut down pretty easy. The others are coming up behind them, so they're just trapped between a lake and this giant army they weren't expecting. <laughs> that would be so embarrassing to be the guy that gets stuck in the mud and then stabbed. I don't know if he has to worry about that, because at that time, it's dead. He's dead. He's dead. I don't think That's there's any his, embarrassment. His ghost is so embarrassed for himself. He's like, ugh, I can't even talk about it. Like, How did you? Or would he just be upset at Flanius for getting him into the situation in the first place? I'd be embarrassed because that's a very embarrassing way to go. Stuck in the mud. I'd just be like, dude, what were you thinking? You didn't even have scouts ahead of us. Flanius obviously totally killed. Sir Basil Littleheart who was a British military historian, said that this battle was the greatest ambush in history. Of course, Flaminus was killed in the battle, but with him, thousands of Roman soldiers also died. I'm sure others in charge were super impressed with him, like super happy. (laughs) Great, dude. You did a great job here. Yeah. It definitely rattled Rome. By contrast, only a little over a thousand of Hannibal's troops were killed, which Yes, seems like a lot, but again, it was only about a tenth of how many Romans were killed in this particular battle. Oh, wow. Yeah. Roman battle, overconfident general, got himself, whole troop, basically annihilated. Boop, gone. See you later. Wow, that's embarrassing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the guy stuck in the mud has less room to be embarrassed about anything than that guy. <laughs> He's like, I oh, mean, listen about that-, that guy. I mean, at least he's not the guy who jumped in the lake and drowned because his armor is too heavy to hold him up. (laughs) That's true. A great source for the Punic Wars, if you want to get into more details, is called The Histories. They're written by a Greek, written around 167 BC, and of course, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. I know it's pretty accessible on the internet if anyone's interested. It has 13 sections that lay out every imaginable aspect of war. 
It is still considered by many to be a really good, very basic understanding of warfare and is referenced in pop culture, including but not limited to The Simpsons, Sopranos, James Bond, and Smallville. It's in Sopranos? I guess. I don't know. I haven't actually watched The Sopranos, but when I was doing some research on it, it's in Sopranos. I know it's been listed in the other ones because I actually saw those. So, the Battle of Elysia. It is one of my favorites because, spoiler, it is considered one of Caesar's greatest accomplishments. Also, a pretty fun story. This takes place in 52 BC, around 150 years after the last battle slash war we talked about. Mm -hmm. In this case, the Romans were in a war with the tribes of Gaul. The Gauls ended up voting Vicingetorix as the leader of the movement. The Gauls are basically a Germanic tribe, so don't have like an actual leader leader per se but they vote Vicingetorix as their leader there were conflicts before this battle the Romans end up chasing the Gauls to this place called Elysia where Vicingetorix and his 80,000 troops hole up in this fortified town 80,000? yeah they just like go okay we're gonna come into this fortified town because obviously we need a place to hide from the Romans these guys chasing us out here okay so like a ton of people I mean, try to picture 80,000 people jam-packed in this fortress. Yeah, I'm And plus all out. the townspeople on top of that. Now, so we got a big army, smaller town. Cool. Continue. Right. This place is pretty fortified, and Caesar knows there's no way to force their way in. So instead, he decides to wait them out. Mm-hmm. He built a fortified wall and trench around the fortress to keep them in. This included about 25 miles of walls and prevented supplies from reaching the town, which not only had the citizens to take care of, but 80,000 troops, and you know how many eat. How did it... Okay. So they're all in the town, and Caesar was like, yeah, throw up a wall, I guess, and a trench, and they just they just let that happen? I mean, they're holed up into a thing. They were running from the Romans. It's not like... I guess, but I mean, think about how long it would take to make the, the wall and the know. trench, too. Again, I feel like that would take admit, a while. Again, you have to admit the Romans probably have a lot of men. Probably not too bad. I Shift guess, down yeah. some trees. Like, again, you're just, like, basically fortifying yourselves from the front attack area. Yeah. Okay. Continue. The art of war cautions against sieges because obviously it takes a fight off your own comfort zone on someone else's. It also jams a bunch of people into a small space, leaving potential for diseases to spread. But oh, in yeah. this case, we see a more successful version of sieges. Hmm. Now, this Vicingetorix, for obvious reasons, thought he had Caesar trapped. So like, hey, I'm in this fortress. I'm safe. And you're out there. Obviously, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Caesar had extreme preparations for the siege. Probably not as much as he later bragged that he did, but pretty decent preparations nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Vicingetorix tried a different tatic- tactic and sent scouts out to rally other tribes to come to their aid and defeat the evil Romans. Except Caesar found out. Ooh. Yeah, deserters and captives. This is why never tell anyone your plan. People will just find out about it anyways. It's like that spy from the other yes. episode. Exactly. Don't tell anyone anything. Don't, especially if you're in a war, don't tell people things. Yeah, Jay, I'm sorry. You would probably have been one of the deserters or captives who've been like, hey, he's sending people out. Oh, I would tell everybody. That's why I'm not in the military. Caesar ended up doing the only logical thing, knowing that people were coming up behind him. Like, not literally at that moment. He built another wall behind him. Obviously. Another trench and wall. Big (laughs) enough and wide enough. 
that it was defensible and still offensive. And during this time, troops, obviously, again, you were worried about what they were doing, just sitting in Elysia, eating and drinking wine and not doing anything. Same, the usual. They were actually trying to stop the Roman troops from doing what they were doing, just not very successful in their campaigns of, hey, stop putting up this wall. Stop doing this. We're going to stop you. Yeah. Not successful at it. <laughs> so They did their best. They had their little picket signs. <laughs> yeah, not very successful. Food is beginning to run low in the town. Remember, food supply, 80,000 troops. They started rationing grain. More, right? They can't get any more. Is it? Right. Yeah, because okay. they blocked it off. So they rationed grain and ended up turning out the townspeople, the women and children from Elysia, I guess hoping that Caesar would take them as captives slash slaves and feed them. Did it work? No. No. Caesar He's like, wait, not... He's like, I don't want so, these people. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Build another wall. <laughs> he turned them away. It was like, nope, you, I'm not feeding you. I'm not taking you captive. And so Elysia wouldn't let him back in. So these women and children were just stuck between this wall and this fortified fortress. No food. Yeah, they all die immediately, especially in that time. I don't even think there's anything, at least as far as I could tell, that what ha- I mean, obviously, I'm sure they died, but there was like nothing on what happened to them. It's just like, oh, they got tossed out. Caesar didn't want them either. Oh, you know, they just starved to death. And, you know, the huge. It's okay. They'll be fine. I don't know if they died immediately, but. Yeah, it definitely didn't end up very well for them. Probably. Ooh, go go Vicengenerix. He's like really on fire here right now. Apparently he's really getting it. He's got so many cool, fun ideas that are working out for him. Now reinforcements of the Gauls have arrived to Vicengenerix's plea. But even with both sides fighting on either side of this trench, the Romans are not giving in. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter that one's on one side and one's on the other side. So we got layers like an onion going on here. You have Elysia. You have the starving mothers and children. Vicengenerix kind of doing some skirmishing. <laughs> the Romans and then more Gauls back here. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Romans just are not giving up. Yeah. They take a little time, figure it out. Next night, they try again to try to sneak attack them. Decent battle goes on. Still lose. Yeah. They're getting to a point where they have a choice. Continue to fight them off and starve or surrender to Caesar and the Romans. Yeah, but surrendering is like, only losers do that. Like, you know, can't surrender. Well, you can't. That's so, un- that's so embarrassing to surrender, though. Especially with all they the walls. Oh, did. They, s- they did. <laughs> losers. So, ended up being pretty bad for the Gauls and their leader, Vicengenerix. Uh, there's actually a really famous painting where you have Caesar draped in this red toga, leisurely sitting on a seat, and Vicengenerix and his long hair on a white horse comes to surrender to him. <laughs> it's like... Not like, oh, you know, we just had battle and we've been sitting in this trench for however long they were sitting in this trench. No, nope, Caesar is like, so extra. He was. I love him indeed. for that. He was a guy that was stabbed, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. He was stabbed in the back. Hides of March and all that. It's a really funny painting. Cause you, it gives you the idea of like, yes, he was the victor in this, but really funny because it's not really exactly how it happened, I'm sure. Yeah, so I'm going to look up this painting real quick. Oh my goodness, this painting. Vercingetorix was taken prisoner for six years where he was paraded through Rome to celebrate their victory before he was killed. Paraded through town in chains. And you thought the guys in the mud were embarrassing. <laughs> this guy was in chains, paraded through Rome. That is 
so embarrassing. They were so like and he was kept dramatic a for six years before he was killed. Oh my gosh, why to rub it in? <laughs> Probably, I'm sure there were other reasons. Probably getting some more stuff out of him, learning some more things. Yeah. So this wasn't a clear end to the war, but it was definitely kind of a huge turning point. Again, it was a really successful campaign for Caesar. And unfortunately, end of the road for Vicingenrix. I don't know. I mean, I knew Rome was like dramatic, the Romans, but I always forget how extra they are. Yeah. Okay. What about the guy who turned out the women and children and then they weren't accepted by the enemy and they just kind of wandered <laughs> in the middle of nowhere? That's more sad. <laughs> But again, not always successful. That's true. Well, you know, we can't all be winners all the time. I mean, some of us just have to be stupid and think some that we're just going to march into a normal battle and not send scouts up ahead. Some of us just have to get stuck in the mud. Thank you so much again. If you have further questions or would like some source material to do your own research again, you can always drop by our website. If you'd like to support us and get fun access to show notes, doodles, and bloopers, find us on Buy Me a Coffee and Patreon. Sponsorships are as low as a dollar per month. Any other offers, episode ideas, emails at yes, it actually happened podcast at gmail.com. Remember, we are looking for local businesses and buildings in the lower Grand Rapids, Michigan to do that special oh, yeah. episode where we're going to ghost hunt and history hunt firsthand. Very excited about that. Jay really wants to ghost hunt, so please reach out to us with anything in the odd history or ghost story theme. Thank you again for listening, and stay tuned to our next episode, and listen to Jay's high school author wannabe. Yes, please do. Bye!